0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read one verse in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Revelation. Chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Amen. And I want to preach on the subject, keys. Lord, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much. We give you honor and praise. Your word, amen, is exalted even above all your name. We thank you for your word. Amen. It's settled in heaven, and God, help it to go forth and accomplish its will today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen. And you may be seated. (laughs) I'm preaching about keys today. You know, the oldest key dates back about 6,000 years ago in ancient Babylon, and it was made out of wood, and the lock was made out of wood too, not very secure. Hey, where's my axe? Boom. Amen. And uh, later in ancient Greece, keys were made of bronze, a little bit more sturdy, and then Rome kind of came on and was the world power, and they continued making keys out of bronze for a while, and then they started making keys out of iron. Amen. Now you fast forward to uh, to, uh, the the mid-1800s, and the modern flat keys we're all familiar with now first started uh, being used and introduced to the public by a man named Linus Yale Sr., and his son, Linus Yale Jr. Anybody ever heard of the Yale Lock Company? I mean, there's Master Locks, but then there's Yale Locks. Amen. They founded that company, and their basic lock and key design is still widely distributed today. Pretty much the padlocks that you see and the cylinder locks, uh, they might be a little bit more modern, but the basic design hasn't changed in all these years. Amen. Amen. There are keys of all shapes and sizes. There are skeleton keys and master keys. And most keys have a practical purpose. They're to unlock something or lock something. But then there are some that are not designed to open a lock at all, like the key to a city, like you know, somebody is honored and they get a key to the city, you know, inside of a, a nice wood box, or or you know, keys that are made for art or decorative purposes amen, those, uh, amen, all different kinds of keys, you know, and and, uh, I think all of us can think about all the keys we've ever had in our life, I'm telling you, since I've been, you know, before when I was a young guy, single and all that stuff, married life, you know, all of a sudden you start, you know, your little junk drawers or whatever, all of a sudden these keys start just piling up, I mean, I don't even know what they're for anymore, what are these keys, Amen. I was telling my wife the other day, because I have my church keys on one ring and my personal keys on another ring. And there's a key on my personal ring, actually two keys. I have no idea what they're for. And I think I finally found out what one of them was after like I had to, you know, do some investigative reporting and rack my brain. I figured out one of them, but the other one, nope, not coming through. But then she goes, better not take it off because it's something. Don't throw it away. I go, yep, I know. Amen. But we, we got keys, you know, piling up, you know, and I wonder, you know, some people, you see them with that thing on their deal and they got a big old hoop with about a hundred keys. Do, do they know what every one of those go to? If they do, my hat's off to them. <laughs> Amen. Because keys just, they're just all over the place, We're, you know, and, and it, it's something that, you know, keys, a lot of them, because, you know, the same manufacturer, if it's quick set or if it's. Uh, you know, Schlage or Yale or different ones that you can, you know, get at the stores or whatever, you know, this that same key, you know, um, it'll fit in, most quick set keys will fit in quick set locks. But, it, you know, it looks like the key, it'll go in the cylinder, but it won't unlock the lock. You got to have the right key. Amen. So it's important that we have the key that was specifically made to open a particular lock cuz keys give us access to some to something or somewhere that uh, we don't want others to have access to. Amen. That's why we have it locked up. Praise God. Now, I have a key to my house and you have a key to your house. And if anybody tries to get into our house without using that key, we will consider that to a break-in. We'll consider that person a thief and a robber. Amen. But I, I, what I'm excited about is Jesus not only has the keys to the door, amen, but when it comes to salvation, Jesus is the door, praise God. So he is the door and he has the keys to the door. Amen. Jesus said in John 10, verse 1, Most assuredly, I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. So there's a key to salvation. Amen. And you can't just try to try to get into God's kingdom and and try to think we're going to heaven by going up some other way. Amen. Then Jesus said to them in verse 7, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And verse 9, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. We need the key that God has for us to open the door. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. I'm the only way to heaven. I'm the only way to get to God. And I have the key, and I am the door. And you got to use the right key to get through the door. Praise God. Now, our text verse tells us, that Jesus has the key of David. Very interesting. What does the key of David mean? Well, that, that's first mentioned in Isaiah twenty-two twenty-two, where it talks about the key of the house of David. Now, David was from the tribe of Judah, and he was also the second king of Israel. And he was a great king. He was a man after God's own heart, And if you will read, uh, even after he's dead, you read the rest of the Old Testament, you read even into the New Testament, and then David is talked about all over the place. Uh, Amen. The sure mercies of David. Amen. And and what David did and the impression he left, praise God. So the key to the house of David represents all the power and authority that the king has over his kingdom. Amen. So if the Bible said that Jesus has the key of David, amen, and we know that the Bible tells us uh, that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the root of David, he, that means that uh, Jesus has the key because he's the king of all kings. He's the Lord <laughs> of all lords. He is the almighty, and he has the key of all power and authority in heaven and in earth. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. G, uh, after his resurrection, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I, I, I passed the test. Amen. I did my mission. I died on the cross. I rose from the dead after the third day. And now all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Amen. Praise God. And when he died... See, He rose again on Sunday morning, early the first day of the week. Saturday was the last day of the week in the Jewish calendar. It was the Sabbath day. And uh, the the ladies, the, the disciples, follow, the followers of Him, came to the, the grave, the sepulcher, early in the morning, amen, and found the stone rolled away. So we don't know exactly when Jesus was ro- rose from the dead, amen. He rose before that stone rolled away. We don't know how long before they came that he was already out of there and it was only the grave clothes. But the Bible tells me that before he showed himself, amen, to people on this earth, the Bible said God, Jesus, was doing some things, amen, and taking care of some business, amen, down in certain places, praise God. And when he died and rose from the dead, Amen. He went uh, and he got some keys from somebody. Amen. And the Bible said he was he was given the keys of death and uh, hell. Why? Amen. Not to lock people in, but to unlock people and let them free. Praise God. People that have been bound. People that have been pushed pushed down. People that had been uh, you know overrun. Amen. And oppressed by the devil. Revelation 1, eight. I am he that liveth, Jesus said, and I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of hell and of death. <laughs> Praise God. One, one preacher preached it this way. He said during that time when he went down and took got those keys of hell and of death, he said, well, who had those keys? Amen. Praise God, and the way he put it, He said, you know what, hell was having a party. The devil and his demons were having a party. We finally got rid of this guy. Amen. We finally crucified. We saw him take his last breath on the cross. He's in the grave. Woo! He's out of here. So now we can get back to our mischief and ruin in people's lives and whatever. Amen. But no, don't party too soon. Amen. The Party poopers. Amen. It's about to come and push this party down to nothing. Amen. When there was a knock at the gates of hell and Jesus said, hey, I've come to get the keys to death, hell, and the grave, amen, praise God, amen, and Jesus is walking right out of there with those keys, and he stops, and he looks back at the devil, and he said, oh, by the way, devil, amen. I'm going to have a church coming up here pretty soon. Uh, Amen. And when they come uh, to the gates, these same gates, uh, they shall not prevail against him. And now that I have the keys and I'm going to give them the keys, They're going to come and they're going to let their loved ones out and they're going to let their friends out and their co-workers and they're going to talk to them and they're going to be saved and they're going to be delivered out of the miry clay and from the grip of the enemy because he's got the keys now. Jesus has all the keys folks there's no lock he doesn't have a key for so I don't care what's binding you up today I don't care what prison door and how thick the bars are spiritually speaking in your life he's got the key he's got the key to every chain he's got the key to every fetters amen and you just ask him he'll give you the key today hallelujah praise the lord Well, oh, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Before Jesus died and rose again, and he told, and before he told Peter that you're Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Before he said that, he said, Peter, I'm going to give unto you the keys in, in Matthew 16, 9, the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, Peter, I'm giving you the keys for salvation. Amen. To unlock salvation to this world, praise God. And to preach it. And then we find Jesus ascending up into heaven in Acts chapter 1, telling them to go and wait in Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high, until you receive that promise of the Father that was prophesied in the Old Testament, Amen. In Matthew, in, in, in Isaiah 28, in, in Joel chapter two, and all those places, Amen. You go and wait, and and you then you're gonna preach, and then you're gonna use these keys, Amen. That I gave you, praise that I'm giving you right now. And sure enough, He ascended up into heaven. They went to Jerusalem, to the upper room, 120 of them. But it all boiled down. There was 120 faithful followers of Jesus and the apostles, amen, waiting on that promise. And then they received it in Acts chapter 2, praise God. And then a crowd gathered and Peter preached the first sermon of the church, amen. And he whipped those keys out and he started unlocking the doors of salvation for people, praise God. And he told them, you guys crucify the Lord of glory. But you know what? That was the plan of God. Amen. And I'm here to tell you right now that God has made this Jesus, both Lord and Christ. Amen. And then these people were all convicted in their hearts. They were feeling bad. They said, men and brethren, in chapter 2, verse 37, what shall we do? Amen. And then Peter said unto them, repent, And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He had the keys out. He had the keys out. This is my church keys. Not too many. Praise God. He got them out and he preached. What do you do? Repent. There's one key. And then get baptized in Jesus' name, and another key. And then receive the Holy Ghost, and that's another key. Praise God. That's the keys of salvation. You, and who is this for? Verse 39, it's for the promises unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many of the Lord our God shall call. In other words, it's for everybody. And verse 40, "...and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, "'Save yourselves from this untoward generation.'" Amen. We know we can't save ourselves. God's got to save us. So that's not what that word means in that context. What it means is, I just told you, I just got the keys out. I just told you what it takes to be saved and set free. Amen. Now, act upon it. Save yourself. Go on and believe. Go on and be baptized. Go on and repent and receive the Holy Ghost. And you shall be set free. Hallelujah amen I don't have the next verse but it says and they that gladly received I d- didn't have it in my notes but they that gladly received the word were baptized and added to the church but then there were scoffers and mockers there's always going to be, be people that are scoffing and mocking but you know what that's fine I pray that they'll come around someday but I'm looking for hungry hearts I'm looking for somebody that wants to, the keys right now to be unlocking the locks in your life amen so, so that was all a Jewish audience in Acts chapter 2, that Peter preached to. And then later, he took those same keys, and he went to the Gentiles, which are non-Jewish people, in Acts chapter 10, and he used those keys. And, And verse number 34 said, Then Peter Open his mouth and said, in, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, this is not just for the Jews. This is for everybody. Amen. But verse 35, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, he was preaching to Cornelius, amen, a Roman centurion and his family, amen. While he was preaching, it wasn't even time for the altar call or anything, amen. They were in his living room in his house hearing the word, amen. And while he spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those that heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Thank God. So anybody that's non-Jewish, that's a Gentile, I thank God he didn't stop at the Jews only. I thank God it was for everybody. Amen. Jewish, non-Jewish, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he said, it's for the Gentiles also. Praise God. And, and then verse forty six, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can any man forbid anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized. In the name of the Lord. So he got the keys out. Amen. And obviously, see, God's not going to fill nobody with the Holy Ghost without them repenting. Let me tell you something right now. There is, it's impossible for anybody to get the Holy Ghost without first repenting because you cannot be resurrected if you haven't died first. And repentance is death and baptism is burial. Now you can, you can get the Holy Ghost before you're baptized. Amen. So there's no contradiction between Acts 2.38 and Acts chapter 10. Acts 2.38 said, repent, be baptized, and get the Holy Ghost. Death, burial, resurrection. Amen. But in Acts chapter 10, they obviously repented in their heart because they received the Holy Ghost while he was preaching. Amen. And then he said afterward, he goes, now it's time for you to get baptized. So, but, but repentance is always number one. You always have to repent first. Praise God. He commanded them to be baptized. So folks, God has all the keys you need. They're spiritual keys. They're powerful keys. Amen. And I don't care what anybody says or what, what the devil thinks about stuff or whatever. Amen. God has the key to any lock that somebody tries to lock you up and mess you up and tie you up. Praise God. God's got the key to get you out of there. You just ask him for it. Amen. For when the Son has made you free, you shall be free indeed. See, our text verse also says that Jesus opens and no man shuts. And he shuts and no man opens. So if God does not give us, you know, a lot of times we want to go through doors, right? Amen. Sometimes uh, we like that door. I want that door. But God said, no, that's not your door. Oh, no, that's my door. And then we're stubborn and we're, you know, bullheaded sometimes about it. Amen. And let me tell you something, that door ain't going to open if God doesn't want it to open. Amen. I'll be. We could be sitting there camping out with our ice chest and our little fire and just, you know, waiting for that to open up. Amen. It's not going to open because God knows what's best for us. Praise God. So if God does not give us the key to a particular door in our life, we need to move on to the next door. We don't have time to be messing around with a door that God doesn't want us to be at. Amen. We might think all kinds of things, but God knows what's on the other side of that door. And only God knows if it's going to help us or hurt us. You got to wait on God. You got to trust God. You got to wait for him to tell you. One person said, if it doesn't open, it's not your door. Too many times we waste valuable time and energy trying to open a door that God never intended to be open for us. One, another person said, don't stare at the closed door too long. You'll miss the window opening. He was like, "This door! Don't bug me. I'm waiting for this door. Hey, something's happening over here. Woo, get over there. Woo, window's opening. No, no, this is the door I want. God's saying, that's the window he wants you to go through. Amen. Praise God. We've all done it, but we've got to just be open to what God has for us. Amen. Praise God. When God shuts and locks a door in our life, we or nobody else can open that door. Amen. And... I like it, but this person said, until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallway. I like that. What am I, I'm just going to, what are you doing? I'm in the hallway. I'm just all flustered because this door won't open. I'm looking for a battery ram. I'm looking for some hydraulic something. I'm I'm looking for, you know, borrow something from the SWAT team. I need something to get in this door. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just praise him in the hallway because God's got another door for you. Praise God. Amen. I don't know about you, but in my hallway there's like four or five doors. I know one of them is a the bathroom, but hey, that could be something. Who knows? Praise God. You never know. God's got a lot of doors in the hallway. Just praise them while you're waiting. See when amen. Praise God. And likewise, though, when God opens a door in our life, no. Man, no enemy can shut it. Praise God. I like that. They could be like, they're not going to shut it. Amen. So let's wait on the Lord. Be sensitive to his voice and the leading of his spirit to bring us to the doors he wants us to go through. Sometimes we waste precious time and, you know, I don't know, worry resources or whatever. Amen. Stomach lining and eh, biting fingernails. I guess it's better, you know, you don't, you save money on clippers. I don't know, whatever. Amen. But, you know, that's not the point. We praise God. We got to just let, let's make maximize our time with God. Amen. And uh, I just want to, in closing, talk about the last key we read about in the Bible. I think the last key is always an important key to, to think about and talk about. Amen. And to me, it's an exciting key. Then I read about it. Amen. And it's found in the third to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 20. And the Bible said, when the time comes, he said in verse number one, I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Amen. And if you weren't here Thursday, I encourage you to listen to the, 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 the message on the podcast or the website. We talked about angels on Thursday. Amen. But he said, I saw an angel come down with a great chain. Amen. He had the key of the bottomless pit. Amen. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is a devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little while. I wonder what it would be like. In, with a, in, living in a world with no devil on your trail with no devil trying to deceive and speak lies and deceive and try to strike fear into your heart amen well that's they, these people aren't going to have to wonder after this he's going to be out of commission for a thousand years but what I'm excited about because Thursday night we talked about all the angels and how how many hundreds of millions or billions of angels there are and we only know the names of three of them according to the scriptures amen and I don't know what who this angel was it just said an angel. We don't know his name. We don't know his rank. We don't know his hierarchy and authority of angels. Amen. And it could have been the lowest angel of rank at all. Because when the time comes and God's will to be done, it doesn't matter who's going to do it. Amen. God's going to work. It's God's power anyway. And he had the key to the bottomless pit and a big chain. Amen. And he wrapped up the devil and locked him up. He unlocked the bottle pit, threw him in there and locked it up. Praise God. And he's in there for a thousand years. That hasn't happened yet. That's still yet to happen. Amen. But oh, what a glorious day. Praise God. But I'm just here to tell you about some keys today. And that Jesus, just remember, Jesus has them all. He has them all. Praise God. Amen. He knows what doors. He knows what windows. He, whatever has a lock. Amen. He's got the key. Praise God. Don't try to go on your own. Don't try to you know, use strength or human strength or intellect or whatever to try to bust through some of these things. Just wait on God. Just ask him for the key to open that door. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? While we're on the subject of doors, that same chapter three of Revelation, a little bit later in the chapter, it's talking to the we we read about the church of Philadelphia, but now it's talking to the church of Laodicea. Amen. And we find Jesus on the outside of the heart's door of people amen and there's no there's no key on those doors because we got to open it up from the inside It's revelation 3 verse 20 behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him and sup with him and he with me sup is short for supper which that's a good thing amen in other words he'll have fellowship with us praise god so in this case he though he could bust that door open he won't because it's our will that has to open that door it's our heart amen our heart and our will has opened that door to plenty of things in our life i've opened that door to a bunch of stuff in my life over the years amen and and uh let a lot of junk in praise god but this time we got to open it and let the lord in praise god and let him come and remodel and let him come and clean it all up and let him come and open the drapes and replace the lights and turn all the lights on and rechains and re- and just brighten up the place. Cause he's the Lamb, which is the light of the world. Praise God. He's got the keys, folks. Amen. This altar's open. Let's pray. If you've been at a door, and if you wanna, if you're looking at God to help you with some situation, Amen, ask him for the key. Praise God. Let him get that key for you. Praise God. If you've been bound up to something something some kind of temptation or some kind of trial some kind of situation binding you up asking for the key to take out off those chains amen and take off those heavy burdens praise God to open those prison doors praise the Lord he's got the keys let's just talk to him right now in Jesus name what an incredible message thank you again for joining us on the podcast